So my name's Kathy Craig. I'm the Connection and Discipleship Pastor here, and it is just such a pleasure to be with you um, on this July 5th weekend. Uh, so I'm going to share some good news. Does that sound okay? I think we need some good news. Can I get an amen? Yeah, I need some good news. And here's the good news for you today. God made you and me and everybody in the world because he wanted us. Let me say that again. God made you and me, everyone in the world, even the people we don't like on Facebook, because he wanted us. That's big. I think we forget that. I know I do sometimes, and I get anxious, and I get depressed and scared. But I need to remember this, that God made every single person as an expression of his love. He crafted each and every one of us uniquely to be an expression of that in a way that nobody else can but you. That's beautiful. That's good news, right? And when we lose sight of that, it gets a, we get a little like, a little crazy. And the world feels a little crazy right now. Am I right? Do you feel a little crazy right now? I do. It's been tough, like really tough. COVID, how we're treating each other, how we argue with each other, how we're always trying to be right. It's like, whoa, it's too much, right? Grant, do you feel me? He feels me, okay? And so the good news is that we are God's treasure. And we can embrace every single person, no matter whether they agree with us or disagree with us. We can remember that they're God's treasure too. So little, can I tell you something crazy about myself that maybe you don't know? Um, I grew up in New York, like 20 minutes right outside of New York City, and um, as a little girl growing up in, on Long Island, uh, the thing that I wanted more than anything in the world, like, I really wanted this, is that I wanted to be on Broadway, okay? And so I was a little girl in the 70s and the 80s, and I would lock myself in my room and I had one of those old school tape recorders. You all know what I'm talking about? I mean, we're t sorry, Generation Z. I know you're like, I don't even know what that is. And so um, I would record myself singing the Annie soundtrack. Like over and over. I get a little teary thinking about it because it was like this, it was my refuge. You know what I mean? And before I even knew how to dance, I would make up the dances to the whole soundtrack because you're never fully dressed without a smile. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and I gave everything to pursue this because I believed that this would bring me fullness and happiness and joy. But the thing is, is that we can get really confused with the expression of who we are to be the actual treasure of who we are. You feel me on that? And so, oh, we didn't show the picture, oh my gosh. Okay, 
This is 30 years ago, okay? This is literally 30 years ago. I counted back, all right? And so my mother did what every good mom does when they see that their child has a dream. She put me in dance, and she put me in voice lessons and a little bit of acting, and she was like, you're going to make it big. And so the one thing that I got real, like, I was really good at it was dance. Like, I, I gave it all. I spent my whole teenage life in dance studios and performing and traveling and wearing cuckoo costumes like that and all the things, okay? And I really thought that was going to be it. I was going to go until it really wasn't all that anymore. We pursue things that we think are going to be our treasure, and what we pursue is what we become. You know what I'm saying? So I've been here on staff a year now. It's kind of crazy. And Josh, he's on vacation, and he has unplugged. So he's not going to see this. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. He's been but he has honestly been triple dog daring me to do this. He was like, you got to show them your mad skills. Like, you went to NYU to dance. Like, you got to, you can't, like, don't, don't hold the gift in. Let it go, you know? And I was like, Josh, nobody wants to see a 45-year-old woman, like, move. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I'm going to do it. <laughs> My mother, who does not get on social media or will not watch this, I know this, but she would be so proud of me, finally. Um, <laughs> so here's my question for you today. And it's a hard one. It really is. It's what do you want? What do you want? When I first went into a full-time ministry a few years ago out of teaching, um, I was sitting and having coffee with my boss, Jack Nikovich, and great guy, like so thankful for him. And he would have these like really hard conversations with us on staff. And he was having coffee with me and he said, Kath, what do you want? And I legit couldn't answer the question. It was so hard. You would think like, oh, I want Jesus. But it wasn't that easy for me. And here's the thing. I don't think it's easy for any of us to really, like, I mean, sincerely answer that question. Because here's what ha is happening in the world. Everything's coming at us. We're distracted. We're on social media. We're watching Netflix. We're getting a million texts. We got to do this. We got to do that. And it's hard to even like catch our breath to know what we really want. I mean, like sincerely, like you can sit down and breathe and say, this is what I want. It's a tough question. 
We've been in The Divine Conspiracy, written by Dallas Willard, and you can buy the participant's guide over at the Connect Center. Um, it's really great. It's, it looks, if you watch the videos online, by the way, it looks like the Grapes of Wrath, like it's, and it's 30 years old. So you, you're going to get that. But Dallas Willard, man, Jesus was talking to him, and he has a lot to share with us. And one thing that Dallas Willard says is this, the acid test for any theology, I mean, like what you pursue, what you base your whole life on, is this, is the God presented one that can be loved, heart, soul, mind, and strength? If the thoughtful, honest answer is not really, then we need to look elsewhere or deeper. The hard thing is, is that we don't like deep. Deep is looking in the mirror and saying, oh, I don't have it all together. I may not know all the answers. I don't look so good. I got stuff that I got to deal with. But the good news is that when we do choose to go into that deeper and we invite Jesus into it, he's right there. He's right there. What we treasure, what we pursue, that becomes who we are. I'm tired of shallow. I'm tired of noise. I want depth. I want realness. I want to feel my breath that I couldn't even put in my own lungs. I'm going to invite you to open up to Matthew chapter 6. And we've been talking about, we've been pointing to Jesus. Jesus, who is God, by the way. And so many of us, I, I'm just going to say as I'm setting this up, so many of us, I hear people all the time say, well, I don't know if I'm going to put my theology, like my life, what I base everything that I am on God, because I can't see God. I can't touch God. I can't feel him. Like, why? Why should I do that? And here's what I have to say. When I see you, I see God. Because you were created by him. There is something in you that is an expression of who he is that I'm not gonna experience anywhere else in the world. So for me, God is real. I just want you to look, look around. Like I don't think we look at each other anymore. Look around. God's love is right next to you. Let's not miss it but we do sometimes. And this is what we're talking about this week.
So in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, it says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermins destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moths and vermins do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. I'm going to say it again from the word of God. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much for bringing Jesus to us, for bringing yourself to us to look us in the eye and say, this is what love is. Lord, I pray that you just give us a spirit of courage right now and a courage of generosity for others that we can see that the true treasure is in you and that every person is called to it. Help us hear your word and it's in your son's holy name we pray. The good news, as Dallas Willard puts it, is that the divine conspiracy is that we get to be a part of something big, and that something big is something only God is doing. And today, I want to talk about the things that get in our way that block us from seeing how we can be a part of the something big God is doing. And it's, we can feel it, can't we? Can't you feel it in the world? It just feels heavy. It feels scary. It feels out of control. And we're clinging for things to try to solve it. But I gotta tell you, there's only one solution. And we can join in in that solution with God, or we could just keep doing whatever we're doing. And I gotta tell you, what we're doing isn't working. Truth? It's pretty crazy out there. So it's time to look in the mirror and talk about what we are choosing as the solution that's not working. So then we can get it out of the way and grab hold to the real treasure. You feel me? If you know in scripture the rich young ruler, he had everything. He looked good. He had money. 
He was like, he had all the, he had all the Instagram followers. You know what I'm saying? And so he had it all, but he was missing something. And it's called eternal life. Eternal life is not just about like, I'm going to go to heaven and I'm going to sit in the clouds and everything's going to be great. Eternal life, if you break it down and you look at it in the Bible, it actually means something deeper than that. The word eternal, it comes from the Greek word ionius. And this word actually means like forever, like from beginning to end, like right now. Eternal life isn't about one day. Eternal life starts now. And Jesus said, and I'm here to invite you in. And then the word life comes from the Greek word zoe, and that means like fullness, abundance, overflowing. And this guy who had it all, he didn't have it. He didn't have fullness and abundance and the idea that, oh, I can have this now, but he wanted it. And he knew where he could go. Jesus. There are three ways that the world is trying to tell us that we can solve this problem, but it's not working. You hear me? So let's look at it. Number one is my way. I want to do it my way. That's what Frank Sinatra said. I will do it my way. God bless him. Okay, and so my way, that is what the Bible calls the lust of the flesh. That means if I want it, I'm going to do it. If I want it, I'm going to ingest it. If it is something that I feel in my senses that's going to make me feel better, I'm, going to, I'm taking it. This is where we see alcoholism, drug addiction, addiction to sex and porn, like it's real. And it leads to destruction. So my daughter is here, um, she's a teenager, she's gonna like be so embarrassed when I say this, but we used to call this YOLO, do y'all know what YOLO is? You only live once. Yeah, like so if I wanna do it, I'm doing it. YOLO, this was five years ago we used to say this, y'all a little laughing at me. Okay, great, <laughs> love you. Okay, so one day I was, when I was on Young Life staff, we used to go to Young Life camp, and at Young Life camp, you just like pour yourself out to be with kids and to show them Jesus, and you just want to have that relationship, and you're exhausted as a leader by the end of camp. Like, you're just like toast, because you've just poured your whole self out, right? And I'm on the bus one time, coming home, and I'm talking to some of our leaders as we're just sitting there like zombies, so tired. And this kid, Michael, he really intrigued me because he was all in with Jesus. Like, there was nothing like that he loved more than Jesus, and you can tell. But the one thing that I knew about Michael is that he was in a frat at IU. And I knew, knew that he was in this frat, but he actually wasn't like doing all the things. And I was like, Michael, mind blown, tell me more. Like, what is that about? And he said, listen, I've done all the things, all the things. But he said, 
I woke up one day and I was like, I just heard from God, just don't do it. Just observe what's happening around you. And so Michael began to tell me what he observed when he chose not to partake and consume all the things, right? He said, here's what, here's what happens. We have our frat party. Everybody drinks like fish, like crazy. And then we start like doing all the things that we don't even know we're doing because we're totally inebriated. We're like, we're gone. We don't know what's up. And then there are people in the mix of that who really just want to hang out. They don't want to be alone. And at college, it's really hard because you're in this whole new community and it's a little scary. So you go to the party, even if you're like not sure if you want to do the things, but you end up doing the things because you want to like just fit in and hang out and have community and have friends. And he said, and you don't know what happened. And then he said, this is where it gets crazy. He said, then the darkest moment is the next morning. He said, you wake up, you feel like dog do. You're vomiting. Like your body was, can't even handle what you just put into it. He said, the house smells. Stuff is broken. It's destroyed. And he said, and this was the hardest part. He said, and then if you hang around long enough, you start to see the girls come down the stairs. And they're half dressed. And they're pulling stuff on. And the makeup is, they're just, it was a rough night. And he said, and their heads are hung low. And they don't want to look at anyone because they're ashamed. They actually call it the walk of shame. He said, and then, after that, you just feel a depth of despair that you just start covering it up and start joking about it because you don't even know how to handle that. So we start joking about all the things that we did that hurt other people and hurt ourselves. And then we're so depressed that we just want to make it better. So you know what we do? We do it again. And then you know what happens? He said, this is what happens. He goes, and then I see all my friends graduating who have gone through just consuming all these things because it's what, what we knew what to do. He said, and then we graduate and we keep doing it. It doesn't just stop after graduation. We keep hitting the bars. We keep hooking up and using other people. And then we get jobs to make, make sure we can make a lot of money so that we could afford to do it. I said, you're right. He said, hold on, Kath, I'm not done. He said, and you know what the worst part is? Our culture tells us to do this. We send our kids off to college. Alex Craig, I love you. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm praying for you and for me. And so I, 
as parents were like, oh, you're going to college. You go do you. I'm just going to do this. Ha ha ha. He said, our parents are just like, yeah, do it. Because we think that's the treasure. We think that's the dream, right? Is to go to college and live like Animal House. But it's not working, is it? That's my way. The second thing is my stuff. And we live in America and we love our stuff, don't we? We want it all, just like Sharpay from High School Musical. <laughs> she wants it all. This is the lust of the eyes. That's what the Bible calls it. If I see it, I want it. Just gimme, 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 gimme. As a kid, I was kind of like this. I just wanted it all. I loved it. I loved all this stuff. And this is really dangerous because the more that we acquire, we build this kingdom around us where it's all about us and looking good, but we don't actually see people anymore because it's all about our stuff and looking good. And then we miss the gift of seeing Jesus in everyone because we've, we've made ourselves the, the king of the castle. We've built the castle with all of our stuff. And here's the thing, the crazy thing. On social media, it's 2020, so you're all on social media in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. And so here's the thing. Instagram, it now reads what you scroll through and then pops up advertisements based on what you are scrolling and looking at. Ooh, that's so scary. Apparently, I really like stationery. I love writing letters, <laughs> like paper and cool pens. Apparently, I really like that, and I do. So smart. Um, I like bracelets, like handmade bracelets by people. Um, and, oh, oh, I really like funny t-shirts. So if I bought everything that Instagram is trying to, like, tell me that I need to have because I, I kind of check it out, man, Steve Craig would kill me because he is the budget master and he is the one gatekeeper that keeps me from buying all these things, right? And so I would just be walking around with bracelets and like stationery and like cool t-shirts and I wouldn't even need to be funny anymore. Like I just would, I would be have all the things. But it's not working, right? That's my stuff. But here's the third thing, and this is where I am really like a recovering addict, is my pride. I like to be right. I like to win every argument. I like to know that I could possibly be the smartest person in the room. Possibly. I was an educator for 18 years. I was a teacher. And so I'm like, yes, I love education. I want knowledge. We want all the knowledge so we don't even have to like rely on anyone anymore. Right now with Google, you can Google anything. You can YouTube anything. My seven-year-old could probably fix my dryer if it's broken because he could YouTube it. That's scary, um, but it's true, right? You can, everything is right at your fingertips. 
So my children are part of Generation Z. Do you all know that? So Generation Z are um, the kids who were born from the year 2000 and up. And so in Generation Z, we call them digital natives because they were born with practically like little mini computers right in their hands. And they're just, they have all the knowledge right at their fingertips. Like they can access anything at any time. But you know what else Generation Z is known for? It's known for being the most depressed generation that ever has been. Mental health is like our world can't even handle what Generation Z is experiencing. It's nonstop. Because here's the thing. When we want, all, we want to just do this and have all the information and all the knowledge, we don't look at people. We don't look for God. We think we are God because we have it all right here and right here. And we see this again, social media. It really is a temperature for our culture. If you look, we all want to be right. We will throw our opinions out there. We will throw our studies out there, our articles out there, our people that we admire out there and what they say. And then we don't look at anybody or how anybody feels. Josh was not kidding when he said last week, we can't handle the internet. We can't. Because we use it as a weapon to prove I'm right. Here's my question for you. Who cares? Do you have to be right? Does that really matter? I told you all I'm from New York, and so I'm a little spicy. And so um, someone very wise who knows that I'm a little spicy and knows that I'm very good with like arguing, I'm a really good arguer, you know what I'm saying? And so when I met my husband, Steve, he's like the kindest individual ever, and they, they said, listen, you don't have to be right all the time. Sometimes you could just let it go. Choose your battles wisely. What are you fighting for? Are you fighting to be right? Or are you fighting because Jesus loves us? What's your battle about? So if my husband says, honey, it's raining outside, but I really know it's not raining, it doesn't matter. I could let it go. Because the person in front of me and that relationship is so much more important than anything else. But we want to win because we want our pride. We want to be self-sufficient. We want to prove ourselves to be worthy of admiration and attention. Listen, the only one that I know that is worthy of that kind of admiration and attention is Jesus himself. He is the only one who is God, not us. And so I'm telling you right now, be careful because your pride will get you in the way of actually worshiping the God that you say that you worship. 
So my question today is, where's your treasure? Where is your treasure? Is it in your stuff? Is it in the things that you consume? Is it in your pride? And it's okay to be real if you know that you've been treasuring something that isn't what you were made for. It's okay to admit it. Because looking in the mirror, we can be courageous and do that. Because we are not alone. Jesus said he's right there with us until the end of the age. We can do the deep work that is required to really worship him and to really be a part of the divine conspiracy that he made each and every one of us for. We gotta get the junk out of the way so we can see the true treasure. We need it, our world needs it, don't you think? I gotta tell you, I need it. These past few months, it's been hard. Emotionally, I'm not doing great. I'm not feeling great. I've been feeling some depression and anxiety. And if you asked me what I want right now, this is what I would tell you. Peace. But I know peace cannot be found in all the things the world is throwing at us. I know love cannot be found in all the things and being wrapped up in every text message and trying to just be there for everyone and do all the things, the only thing that's going to give me peace is Jesus. So I want to invite you, if you're feeling a little bit of this with me, I want to invite you wherever you are to grab onto the treasure that's right in front of us, that it's really hard to see right now. And starting tomorrow, I just, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be reading through the Gospel of Mark because I want to see Jesus, okay? A lot of us say, oh, I know Jesus, I know Jesus, I grew up in church, but do you really know Jesus? Have you really like walked and, and read who he is and how much he loved us and how he gave his whole life for us? And he said, I am leaving heaven to be with you, to look you right in the eye and to show you what love looks like and how love lives. I need to see that. So starting tomorrow, you can download the version app on your phone. It's where you, it's, it has like the Bible, you can read the Bible on there, but they also have these reading plans. And one of them is um, Gospel of Mark in 30 days. And so I'm just, I really, I'm just gonna be spending time with Jesus for the next 30 days because I know he is my treasure. And I gotta get the distractions out of the way. So if you wanna join me, you could do that. And if you wanna follow me on Instagram, on my personal account, and I'm gonna, just gonna be posting and just reflecting, what am I observing? What am I, what am I noticing about the world and myself and like what Jesus really called us to do and how to be a part of this divine conspiracy, this something big 
I don't want to miss it. Do you? Let's grab hold of it. When I think about peace, I think about Psalm 23. And if you want to open up to it, you can read it with me, and I'm going to close with this. Psalm 23 was written by David, and he was being chased in order to be hunted and killed by King Saul because King Saul didn't want him to have the power. And so David wrote this psalm crying out to God for peace. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is eternal life right there, and it's only possible with him.